This is Jimmy Burns from Melvern, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you want? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Happy to have you aboard here on the first show of 2021. And we are getting through it, halfway through it right now. If you're just joining in on the show, no problem. I am recording as I have been for the last almost 13 years. You can get it in podcast form. Still to come on this show this evening is Sam the Cooking Guy from thecookingguy.com or on YouTube. And closing out the show this evening, I take a look back at Mike Mills of 17th Street Barbecue and the last time that we did an interview a couple years ago down at the NBBQA in Fort Worth, Texas. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitch. Also, slash RD Rempe on YouTube if you are interested to get the video simulcast. As I had mentioned, going out of the first hour and into the second hour, coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less this Friday is episode 158, taking you all the way back to January 24th, 2012. Now, this is the first time we have seen what I had termed a John Solberg patented doubleheader with the new version of this format, if you recall, the old best moments, the old best moments used to be two segments that were independently 10 minutes or less each. So you got number one at 10 minutes or less, there was a break, and then a number two at 10 minutes or less. Then, I don't remember when it was, John, maybe you remember when we made the switchover, we switched it up. To be more in line with the actual name, the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, where we actually kept the segment, and I say we, I mean John, kept the the segment 10 minutes or less. Confusing enough for you? I hope so. In the episode coming up Friday, here's what you need to know. In the episode coming up Friday, I gave a take on Paula Dean. You know. Old Food Network star lady. and Remember? Paula Dean, Sam the Cooking Guy. I, I don't know why I remember this. There's two things I remember about Sam the Cooking Guy. Both of them revolve around Halloween. And I think if you're like over the age of 13 and you're still dressing up for Halloween, it's like the, the baggiest move ever. But whatever. I mean, that's your deal. 
because he's got the video and he's trying to be entertaining, I distinctly remember Sam dressing up as Paula Dean for a show and talking in that very generic Southern accent that he does. I don't remember what he did in between that, but then the next time I remember him doing a Halloween show, he dressed up as Salt Bay. And now in my mind, I'm trying to pick a winner, which one I like better. Man, oh man. Both of them were so magical and horrifying at the same time. The Salt Bay is really funny. If you haven't seen Sam dressed up as Salt Bay or Sam dressed up as Paula Dean, if you go to YouTube and put Sam the Cooking Guy Paula Dean, Sam the Cooking Guy Salt Bay, I would imagine those show up very quickly in the returns. Worth worth a look. Anyway, way off topic. Back in January of 2012, Paula Dean was a hot topic. She had come in, uh, she had come under tremendous fire for basically sandbagging the fact that she had come into and or contracted type 2 diabetes. And she signed some book deals. She signed some TV shows. And then after all of the business dealings were locked up under contract, announced that she had type 2 diabetes and that her recipes perhaps weren't the most healthy thing to eat all the time. But we knew this. If you were a fan of Paula Deen back then, where is Paula Deen anymore? Is she even a thing? Is she on television at all anymore? Back then, she was the hottest shit. Nobody was hotter than Rachel Ray couldn't touch her. Paula Deen was all over the place, all over cooking uh, Food Channel or whatever, Food Network. And it was like, wait a second. You mean all the real butter and animal lard? whole milk southern comfort recipes that she's giving us aren't something that you should be eating every day and if you continue to eat like a maniac you could contract some kind of health issue like type 2 diabetes mind blowing so we talk about that or I talked about that but that's not the whole show that's like maybe half and then the end part, this is the new patented John Solberg doubleheader that I was mentioning at the top of this. I also have a conversation with longtime friend and uh, a longtime sponsor of this show, Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue. And back in 2012, another hot thing that was going on then was all of these barbecue classes that were being taught by competitors. And uh, Dave had just given one that previous weekend, so we recapped the class and what he was talking about. Way good conversation. So that's what you have to look forward to. You have to be subscribed to the podcast feed in order to get the best moments show. Also, let me remind you that if you have a favorite segment or just a favorite guest that you would like to have, John, work on a best of for you. Go ahead and shoot him an email, John, J-O-N, at thebbqcentralshow.com, and let him know what you would like, and he will do his level best to meet your expectations. And Once again, you have to subscribe to the podcast. Here's a breaking announcement. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news exclusive update. Exclusive news update coming in right now. 
Greg Rempe at the Breaking News Desk here in Cleveland, Ohio. And the breaking news is this. Now listed on Amazon Music, if you're into that, the Barbecue Central Show. That's right. You can get the Barbecue Central Show podcast feed right there on Amazon Music. It's going to be the next biggest thing. It's currently on Apple Podcast. It's currently on Google Podcast. And Amazon is right there trying to get their portion of the podcast subscribership or streamership or whatever the hell it is. So if you like Amazon Music, if that's something that you are subscribing to every month, do you get that with Prime? I don't know. But now all you have to do is go under podcast or maybe just hit the little search icon or a little magnifying glass and type the BBQ Central and you will see it. It's right there. I've tested it out. Also, if you have a, uh, what the hell is it called? The Alexa? But it's different. Uh, it's an echo, like the big long tube, not the dot, like that looks like a little easy button clicker, but the long tube. The Echo, I think is what it's called. If you say, hey, Alexa, play the most recent Barbecue Central show. Wait, how do you have to say it? Alexa, play the most recent BBQ Central show on iTunes. It will play, like, if you say that tomorrow, it will play the first hour of this show right off the rip. I mean, it just doesn't get any easier to listen to the show anymore. You can go on Amazon. You can tell your smart speakers to play the most recent episode. You can tell it to skip ahead 30 seconds. I had no idea why you would want to do that. You might want to use the go back 30 seconds because I probably said something really funny. But there's really no excuse at this point that you shouldn't be subscribed and or streaming the most recent archives of this show. There's no excuse. It's not like you don't have a Nano 15 years ago or an iPhone when they first came out back in whenever the hell that was. There's no excuse. Everything is smart. You have all of this access at your fingertips. You can literally speak the names just in general space in your house and something will pick it up and play it specifically as it relates to this show. You can just say, Alexa, Play the most recent BBQ Central show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. That's what it is. Play the most recent BBQ Central show on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> and it just happens. I don't even know how that happens. Magic. Someday I'm getting to the bottled water scam. Someday I am. You can take that to the bank. Also, someday I'll get to the beluga caviar is it beluga and I may never get to the what could make you eat undercooked chicken or moldy bread what (laughs) I know what you're saying nothing but not according to this study that's been sitting in my takes catalog for six months I should make an effort to get to that before we get to Sam the Cooking Guy, I will talk to you about B&B Charcoal. You like gray charcoal? Yeah, of course you do. You love gray charcoal. That's why I want to tell you about B&B. 
First, go to the website and see what they have, bbcharcoal.com. That's bbcharcoal.com. You can see their briquettes. You can see their lump charcoal. You can see all the other fuel sources that they have. And they are ready for you. Now, find out where they are available. Once again, as we said over the last couple weeks, if you have an ace by you, the aces have national distribution points or stocking centers. So if it's not in your particular ace at the moment, you can just go to the manager and ask them to bring in the B&B briquettes or the B&B lump. When I'm using my pit barrel cooker, I like to use the B&B lump. Actually, I go pro move, especially when I'm doing the rack of lamb. I go B&B briquette, 25%. And then I go 75% B&B lump. Because I like the flavor that the lump charcoal is giving the rack of lamb. I like a little bit of the higher heat, but I do want a little bit more of the consistent heat profile. So that's why I'm dropping in the briquettes as well. How about that? Pro move, as said by Ed Riley, using both. Now, if you're going to do an overnight cook, fine, do an overnight cook. If you don't like lump charcoal because you're afraid it's going to burn out, fine. B&B briquettes are really what you need. They're great. Last forever. They'll give you some ash, no doubt about it. More than your lump charcoal will. But you can count on it, and if you need more heat, you just add another briquette, another briquette. You're just adding units of heat. Come on, bbcharcoal.com. That's bbcharcoal.com. Sam is ready to go, and we'll be right back. Stick around. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Monthly visits from a killer hog, a cooking guy, a man named Meathead, the author of Barbecue Bible, a grill girl, a bristly barbecue journalist, and the male feasance of the barbecue world known as the Embedded Correspondence. Only found right here on the Barbecue Central Show. This portion brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in two sizes with a host of accessories. Whether you're a beginner or a professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal, visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. And as you're talking to them, if you say no cave cow, maybe they'll give you a free gift, like one of those cute coffee mugs or something. But say no cave cow. It's an inside joke, but maybe they'll get it. Anyway, my next guest blows it up all over YouTube, currently locking in at 2.48 million YouTube subscribers as of January 1st when I looked at the last set of statistics. And we talk about food stuff and we talk about non-food stuff. And it's quite frankly one of my favorite discussions of the month each and every month. We say Happy New Year to Sam, the cooking guy. Sam. Greg. What is going on here? What's up? What do you mean? Can you hear me? I I don't know what I did to your to your setup here, but I can't. I was all set. I, no, I mean you're fine. You're fine. Uh, I don't uh, it was my, now, how, How's the audio? That's all I care about. Well, I I want to I want to show everybody here what where where am I at? Guest 3, guest 3. Hey, there he is. There you. Look at this guy. There we go. Man, oh man. How does that sound? How does that sound? It sounds good? rich. I'm telling you. 
Wow. Yeah. I mean, this That's is like, like a this is a whole new. I'm going to blow you up here real quick. So now, good. Here's what I want to say. Uh, I obviously, if anybody listens to the show for any amount of time, you might hear how much I relish good audio. And I want my guests to sound as good as possible. But I've often struggled with how do I task a potential guest to sound as good as they can without saying, hey, go out and buy a, a really nice microphone so we can match each other in sound quality. I don't, I haven't found do a... Me, do, do I want you to what? Do you want me to tell your audience what got me to do this? Yes. You said to me, and I, I'm paraphrasing, but pretty close. Um, if I sent you a good microphone, would you be okay using it? Yes, I did say that. To which I said, yes, I realize how important this is, and I will get my own microphone. Which, by the way, I've now used for so many things. I can't believe I was blind to this before. Sorry, deaf. Deaf to this because look at it. I have my own uh, uh, show. Audio is critically important. Uh, and why I was coming across substandard here is effed up. It's not right. Well, you have completely blown the lid off of remote guest audio at this point, sounding incredible. Like we are right here in studio together, except we can obviously see that we are. Uh, dynamically, yeah, but, but, apart. That's, but that's look. I bought this Sure Mic. I don't yes. remember how much it was. That's a that's like a friend. it's a two hundred and forty nine dollar retail mic. Uh, is it on the higher Which end not, of of USB mics? Sure. Is it less than this microphone? One hundred percent. This my microphone is easily two hundred dollars more than the one that you're at. But I would right. I would argue that yours sounds incredibly good, and. It's a little bit more versatile than mine because you can connect the USB cable to yours and have it operate. Absolutely. Or you can connect absolutely. an XLR like I have on mine. Mine's an XLR, only an XLR absolutely. and it has to go to a mixer absolutely. in order for it to work. So you are yep. portable and you sound rich and great. I mean, that's the Sam voice well, that you. we've come to know and love. That's what I like. Uh, let me tell you, I use this to record some IDs for you. Oh. No, le no less than four hours ago, and I, I decided I, I wouldn't send them to you. Uh, I shot them. I, I recorded them after we shot today. Yeah. And I said, I'm not going to send them to Greg because he's got too much in his head right now. He's worrying about his show. I'll send them tomorrow. But as I went to download them from my Zoom, the card, yeah. into my card reader, the card reader, uh, wait, the card is effed. Oh, no. And while I could hear myself on the Zoom, I could not get anything on the card. I have to re-record everything tomorrow morning. I'll do that. I'll wow. send it to you. And for next week's show, yes, you, you'll have you'll have some uh, some IDs for me. We'll have some Sam IDs for the, for the audience that doesn't know what we're talking about. The, the the little you know yeah you're listening to uh, hey this the is Barbecue Dino Central Dan kind of from stuff. wherever in California you're listening to the Barbecue Central show or whatever else people want to say I. I said, hey, if you exactly. want to call in and give me an ID, here's what I would suggest. But have at it. Do whatever you want. That's why, like, Meet Mitch has that crazy one that he's like, yo, 
pods. Like he's doing his whole meet Mitch yeah. thing. So, you know, it's personality. Yes, but let's be, on, let's be honest with each other. While you did say do anything you want and just be you, <laughs> yes. you were like, could you not make them too long? Did I say that? Less, less is more. Yes, you said I that. I don't remember saying that. I thought I remember saying no, at least I remember cut me the standard. This is Sam Zion or Sam the cooking guy, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. But then I said go go, go loose after that. Look, uh, so uh, A, I appreciate the new microphone. It's going to sound great from here on out. And by the way, any recurring guest that uh, is now having Mike Envy of Sam the cooking guy, it's the Sure MV7. And they should. If if they don't sound like this, yeah. if they don't sound like we do, they should have Envy, and they should be pissed. And they uh, look, you're not only going to use it once a month. You're going to use it um, a lot more than that for things that maybe you don't even think you need to. But this is the way to go. Yeah, you can. it's like uh, one of those tools that you never knew you wish you had, and then all of a sudden you're using Oh, You know what I would akin it to? Pocket knife. If you don't carry a pocket knife, it seems weird to carry one until you start carrying one, and then you realize quickly how many times a day you're actually using it, not stabbing people. No, I get you. You, you've been you've been uh, you've been extolling the virtues of yes. pocket knife for a while for me. And all right, let's get to some topics. Go ahead. All right, here we go. First and foremost, how often do you think about your recipes and how they are turning out for people that are trying them? For in other words, you do let's say a spaghetti pie recipe, and yeah. oh. you taste it, and you're like, "Wow, this is magic." Do you then go ahead? get it all edited, you upload it. Do you ever think, hey, you know, I wonder how this is actually turning out in the real world? Or do you not really think about that? Constantly. Constantly? I'm very in- I'm very insecure when it comes to this stuff. People will come up to me and they'll say, oh, we just made your chicken piccata, whatever. Yeah. And I'm waiting for them to go, uh, you know, it was... Yeah, we made it. It was good. It was good. It was fine. It was fine. That kills me. If somebody says it's fine, that kills me. <laughs> and Did- we're saying this because you made the spaghetti pie the other day, and you said it was fine. It was. You said it was better than average. <laughs> it was. I don't want, f- Greg, I don't want fine sex. <laughs> I don't want to go to a restaurant and have a dinner that was fine how was it it was fine but aren't there things for so for instance uh pizza to me even the worst pizza is good pizza yeah even average sex is good sex yes can't there be food or recipes that can just be good and be okay like that wouldn't then involve some kind of mania. I'm sure for I'm sure I'm sure for many other people the answer would be yes. Not for you, but for me it bugs me. Hmm. How much it bugs me? I don't like how much how much feedback but, but are I you do, getting? But, but, though? but wait, but uh, um, do you get a lot? Well, direct feedback like social media, yeah. Instagram, uh, Facebook. I seldom get uh, shitty feedback. Like nobody would come up to me on the street and go, oh, hey, uh, I'm not really a fan of your show. People would, oh, Sam the Cooking Guy, I'm not really a fan of your show. That doesn't happen. Yeah. People don't do that in real life. Reddit seems to be the place where nerds people have conversations, um, ma- many layers of conversations, 
And it's like, uh, it's like they don't even imagine that I would look, and they just they just talk openly. I made Sam's chicken piccata the other day. How was it? It was fantastic. That makes me happy. <laughs> but then two lines later, somebody could say, I made Sam's chicken piccata too. Somebody goes, how was it? And they go, eh, it was fine. That's bad. But I, I'm trying, for me, it's bad, but I'm trying to learn how to remove myself personally from that because there are so many factors at play. <laughs> Just because you follow a recipe doesn't mean it's going to turn out for you. And that's and really that's kind of what we broke the spaghetti pie down was I yeah. was I, I really went as it was being made cuz that was a uh, you know almost a year ago now yeah, it was yeah. a March video it was yeah. a lockdown use what you had. I I did exactly that. I had a pound of already cooked spaghetti. I had the two eggs. Yeah. I had the jar sauce. Go ahead. The kids were freaking out. This is going to suck. If this doesn't taste good, I'm going to be pissed. And I'm going to unsubscribe to Sam's YouTube channel. Mark, it's his recipe. I was like, God, we're placing a lot remind of weight. Me, remind me to send your kids like a bag of flaming shit <laughs> for your front doorstep. <laughs> so I'm like, we're placing a lot of weight on something that is going to be really easy for me to prep, get in the oven, and 30 minutes to an hour later, depending on how it works, we're going to be eating. Like this is all I'm looking for tonight, and it was it was fine. Nobody bitched. It was fine. Stop it. Why do we have to relive this moment again? Because please, I, it, this is something that you need to accept as a positive. Because oh. how I'm seeing it is, I'm going into a nightmare because of where the run up before the food was. Then we ate, and well, as I'm rats. eating, I'm eating. I'm looking. I'm like, huh. okay, nobody's stabbed me yet. Nobody is. And what did they know, say? I said, how is it? They're like, oh, it's good. Not, oh, you know, uh, it's wait, blowing. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. What? You serious? Sorry. I said, what did they say? Oh, my yeah. God. You're that right? sentence that I just said that you might have heard. Yes, I hear it. I said that twice in a row and each time. <laughs> S-I-R-I popped up on my screen really? and took away the audio that I was hearing from you and tried to answer me. Oh, wow. Well, they said it was good. I said, what do you think? It's good. Oh. They said, it's good. But do, Did you go with, like, would you want it again? Yes. And they said, well, they said, yes, we do it again, but do it with your sauce. Oh, let's see. Well, but, of course. And it's not your sauce, but it's not but your sauce. Idea. It would no, be my I sauce. Know, I mean, so, I know, I, look, I it's a win. Let's, it's a win, and we have to move on Please at this point. Good. Let's move on. Please. I'm sorry. I don't even want to talk My about goodness. This. Uh, you what, knew that. Oh, here's... I just uh, tagged this. Is this true? Did you make a deep-fried triple cheeseburger? Am I missing that? I don't recall that. Deep-fried? I made Sam's deep fried triple cheeseburger. Now I can't walk straight. Does that ring a bell? Not recent. Sounds like the. Is it a, sounds like the. God, where's my phone? That's a Guy the Cooking Sam asking for oh that. Oh my God. Hmm. Um, well, I believe Guy. Yeah. Got it. Uh, you know me. You know what I say about my memory. <laughs> I did a lot of bad stuff back in That's the right. day that we've heard. You're lucky that I even know your name right now. What was the most popular video you know how many, that you guys did last year? You know how many recipes we've done? Sorry. Uh, I don't even know that. What? 
You don't know Stop. what your most popular video let? Oh, great. He's gone. Bye. See you later. He's gone, everybody. Just wait right here. Oh, wait. He's back. Okay. He's going to price his right well, while you were gone. Max. Max will know. Yes. Watch, watch this here. Let's let's find if Max knows. What does what does Max do on a on a on a? I'm on the podcast with Greg. Oh. comma. Can you tell us what the most popular episode of 2020 was? And least popular. And sooner than later would be better. Period. Also, the least most popular. Hmm. What? So what right. is he doing now? Like, is he just home kicking it? She did it again. Oh. F. F you Siri, she just came back. Cut off what you were saying. <gasps> you, ha- sorry, you must be saying something that sounds like Siri, right? Don't say it. Hmm. Oh no wait, six man, don't say. Don't it. don't don't worry about the triple cheeseburger thing. Guy was just joking. That's not a funny joke. I mean, we're here to answer questions. No, I was going to say, I feel God. I feel like I would have remembered that. Dare you? But I was about to say, over the years of my career, I mean, I'm probably edging towards 3,000, 3,500 wow. recipes, things I've made, which oh, is a lot. And people will come up to me and they'll go, oh, we made your blah, blah, blah the other day. And I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot about I used to love that. Yeah. I've forgotten more of my recipes than I can remember. That's for sure. Uh, when you guys are gearing up for 2021, do you and Max yeah. and Chance circle up at some point as yeah. 2020 is drawing to a close to – plan out what this year is going to look like to any degree yeah we do what are the goals and we well the goals are to travel because we want that and and we can't yeah and we're pissed about that the the goals are to uh, you know obviously continue what we're doing find ways to um to involve the viewer more and whether that's uh, giving stuff we, we want to do a few where we show up and we we have this idea that we'll take um, the concept of like a terrible cook. And there's a lot of cooks. There's a lot of people that watch that admittedly say they're just really horrible. So we want to find somebody that's horrible, that struggles with stuff. And yeah. we want to go to them and cook in their home. Oh, my. Because I see it. Somebody said to me one day, well, if I had all your shit, man, I could be making amazing <laughs> food. And I'm like, that's complete BS. No, total. That's not true. Yeah. It's not true. I mean, we've taken when when I when Sam the Cooking I was a TV show. A couple of times we did these episodes that were basically this. Uh, I say my stuff so easy I could make it anywhere, and today we're going to. Hmm. I cooked in a tree once. I cooked it <laughs> at, at the beach out of the trunk of my car. We, we cooked on the roof of the. Um, of one of the airport parking lots here in San Diego, and like every four minutes, I had to go up plane as it would go over top and then it would continue again and like a quick fold up table that we had and as we went in we knew that we weren't allowed to do this yep. so we had to rush the segment knowing that we were going to get busted and wow. as we packed up and started to drive away the security guy was coming up to that top level uh, so when- uh, we sorry no go ahead our goal is to involve the viewer hmm the subscriber more do you have uh like a a goal to hit three million youtube subscribers or four million youtube subscribers by the end of the year or do you not worry about that you know we we hit uh one million in 2019 in august of 2019 yeah 
we hit 2 million in August of 2020. Our goal is uh, 3 million in August of 2021. And, and the way it's going, it feels very much like we'll get there, but you never know. I mean, who knows what happens? Uh, people on YouTube, people on TV, people that podcast, they, I mean, stuff can cool at any moment. I live in fear of saying something so inappropriate in public one day that it ends up on the front page of the newspaper and that's the end. In public where? Suddenly I go, I go who knows? Like you, you just made some offhanded comment in, in the restaurant or just outside? You never know when you're talking to somebody that you think is, well, we all have our circles of friends. And yeah. I, you know, the closest to you can hear anything of but the further uh, far out the circle grows, the people that are out there generally don't get the same information as the people here. Right. But what if there's a lapse in judgment one day? What if I'm feeling particularly lulled into complacency by, by a very nice person that says, what do you think about so-and-so? And I go, oh, I think that person's a whatever. And then, you know, an hour later, it's on, it's on uh, social media. Sam, the cooking guy says, so-and-so's this. Yeah. That, that, those things these days... Like, I don't think I'm horribly politically incorrect. And the person that says they're never politically incorrect is probably lying. Yeah. There's things that I know are wrong to say, and I don't say them. There's, there's, uh, I, look, I try to be good. But what if I slipped out of a casual moment? Why do I talk to you like a therapist? Why do I admit everything that's inside me when I get on this, this freaking channel, man, and start talking? <laughs> Well, I think we're all in a in a similar instance to a yeah. degree. Um, it's just you know, like who who we are uh, professionally and who we are publicly yeah. uh, are at varying levels. So you know, there are some of us that can just get away with saying whatever the hell they want to say, and it's not neg- necessarily right. going to affect them mm-hmm. negatively. And then people that have a little bit more social status, not necessarily more important. Than you or me? No, no, not has, necessarily. Has no, more no, I, to lose I, I get or tumble. What you're saying. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you, you have uh, a I, little bit further to fall if you got got loose on something that didn't go well. My my kids grew up hearing me say, "Look, if you're asking yourself one night, mom and I are not around. You're at a party. You're here. We're not here. Wherever you are, if you're asking yourself if you should do something." I'm not questioning the behavior, but if you ask yourself, I wonder if I should do this, here's the answer for you. If you're okay with what you're about to do, being on the front page of the newspaper, then go ahead and do it. Yeah. And I, I don't know that they've all always listened, but fortunately nothing that's ever happened has gotten that far. And you have girls and I have boys and generally speaking, I think the men in the audience would say what we all did when we were younger was definitely worse than what many of the women folk did. Look, we all know women that have done some crazy ass stuff, yeah. but I think in general, st- statistically speaking, boys do things that are dumber, stupider, worse than than girls, right? Oh, I would say but on the I, whole. That's yeah. how I Yeah. So that's how I try to guide my children. Hear my words when we're not there, young men. But so, but I don't know. I mean, who knows what I could say? 
could give my opinion about something, an honest opinion, to somebody that I don't know, and they could be like, oh, that's terrible. Look, somebody could just go online and make up a bunch of BS right now. Yes. And pe- people would come up a- pointing. Sam. You said that. You realize that there are a group or faction of folks out there right now that believe walking among us are reptilian humanoids. Reptilian humanoids. They are walking around among us. So, I mean, you can say anything, and there are some folks that will believe certain things and other folks that won't believe certain things, and that's just the way it is. Just before um, I, I got on with you, the the people that won the $5,000 um Sam's giving yep. prize from QP Mayo it came by to collect. And um, they were so nice. It's, it's, it's the loveliest family ever. But we were talking about how people say things and blah, blah, blah. They go, do you, do you read comments and stuff like that? And I said, you know, I, um, I want to read comments. I feel like that's my way of... Um, of participating in our subscriber base. Oh, Augusta, you hold on. Oh, Greg, you still there? Yeah. Hello. I can't. I can't. I can't see you. Can you hear me? I can. I can't. I can't see you. You're absolutely gone. One hundred percent gone. Well, you, you just Why keep talking. You're gone? good. No problem. I can see I'm you. I can hear you. Back. Oh, no, okay. All right. Good. So. Um, <laughs> So they said the video that we put out that told who all the winners were, they said they were reading them. They go, people are so nice. I go, you're right. And they go, and then people are not so nice. Yeah. They go, we could not believe what people were saying about people that had won or hadn't won or whatever. I go, look, it doesn't surprise me. I want to read comments. I start reading comments. And 10 comments in, I hit a, a run of about 10 to 5 complete asshole people that are so mean and so brutal it doesn't upset me it pisses me off i slam the computer and i go to kelly why did i do this she goes because you want to and you shouldn't you you want to see the good you want to see the good good, and i want you don't there's more bad there's always more bad not see the bad of course not of course there is of course not you can't I think you muted yourself. Other side? What about the other side? It looks like it's red. There you go. How's that? Yeah, that's good. Oh, for God's <laughs> sakes. I but, uh, see it from I'm here. your technical oh, uh, AV guy as well here from Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to tell you, this day has gone, not gone well. Since I left my shoot today, it's not gone well. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I said, Kelly goes, uh-oh, Greg is going to be the recipient of this. I go, uh, I'm going to try not to. I'm going to dial it back. I'm going to have seven or eight cocktails, loosen up before we get going, and here we go. So oh, serenity oh, now. We're watching, Far- we're, we're, we're watching Fargo right now. Oh, my God. Not the movie, the series. Net. I think it's Netflix. might be Prime TV, uh, Amazon Prime. It is so good. Hmm. So good. Unbelievable. I'm telling you, if you haven't watched it, Never. you need to. It really is fantastic. All right. Go watch Fargo the series. Uh, let me ask you these two questions before I let you go. Did Max answer your, your most popular and your least popular video yet? 
Let's look. All right. Nope. No. All right. Uh, Classic standards. As you look. I'll have that information next month. No problem. As you look at last year as a whole, is there one particular food trend? It doesn't have to be live fire specifically, but is there one food trend that emerged that you thought took the cake in 2020 or that you didn't see coming that people really glommed onto that surprised you? Yeah. I I was surprised, and uh, not that you led this uh, led me to this. I was surprised at the unusually large uptick in charcoal uh, cooking. Yeah, and I think that's very simple. Yeah, people at home. Yes, hundred percent. It takes a little bit of time. It takes a little bit of time, and people had it first half of the year. Oh my God, they probably sold more charcoal in stores than any yes. other for six month period ever. Yeah. B&B Charcoal, who People I was talking scary. about right before you came on the show, has had an incredible time yeah. keeping stock levels up because people were home and no, buying all a, the charcoal. exactly right. Yes. We, we, our, our video the other day, our, our YouTube video the other day was chicken piccata. And, and I, did, I did it in sort of a backwards sort of way, grill the chicken. You wouldn't normally do that, but... But I did it on charcoal, on lump charcoal, and uh, the extra I took home. Uh, had a few bites when I got there. Kelly had a few bites. Then I cut up the rest and put it in a little deli container, just for easy eating out of the fridge. Yeah. The next morning, I went and I had a bite, and I went, holy shit. This is exceptional, mm-hmm. and a huge part of it is that it was cooked on charcoal. Look, I was the guy for years that said, uh, a gas grill is all I need. Why do I need to, to take the time to light a big pile of charcoal and deal with that? When I want to eat, baby, I want to eat now. Now. Now, here's what I say. When I think about I want to eat now, I still have to take the steak out of the fridge, the chicken, whatever, leave it on the counter for a half hour, 45 minutes, or an hour. In that time, my chimney of charcoal lights... And then I always talk about adding flavor, right? If you could use yeah. one sauce, it would add two or three flavors extra. That Why not do that if it makes sense? Here's what you're making. And on a scale of one to 10, you make it perfectly. It could be a 10. But the fact that you now cook that, whatever that was, on charcoal, on lump charcoal, in, instead of your gas grill, makes it now a 12 or 13 out of 10. And I'm not kidding. Much like you were a dick to the <laughs> um, the pellet smoker world for a long time, long time. I was a dick. I was a dick to anything other than gas. And now, take it from me, ladies and gentlemen. I know what I'm talking about because I used to be that guy. I'm not that guy anymore. You need to get on the charcoal world if you're not. And I'm guessing most yes. of the people are that watch you, but but certainly there's going to be a handful that are. Certainly, there's going to be a handful. I'll help you. Don't worry about that. Pick up the money. Certainly, there will be, a, there will be a handful of people that will be like, that watch you for you, like people watch me, but don't cook. People watch you, and they, they, don't, uh, they don't smoke. Right. They don't grill. They don't light fire. Right. That kind of thing. So uh, I'm telling you, figure it out. Looking into this year, do you want to make any prediction yeah. on what the trend of 2021 is going to be? I'm a really good Monday morning quarterbacker. I don't know that I'm... I mean, I, uh, I like the trend to be more takeout. I know that's not answering your question, but 
but take out more food. Help the little restaurants that that need the help. They don't have the, the the fat coffers to keep themselves going. That might not make it. And I would say that in general for anything right now. If you love a restaurant, you go, God, I hope they make it. You can help them make it by yes. supporting them, by going there, by getting takeout. If it's a pizza place and you think, we're going to go help Gino's, we're going to get a pizza. I say this to you. Go help Gino's, but get two pizzas yep. and freeze one. Yes. Just do that. Get them not to bake one. Look, take and bake is the way. It's a thing. It works really well. Mm -hmm. We sell flatbreads here. We also sell them made, already hot, to eat. You can take them and take care of it yourself at home. And I think people should be thinking about that to help the little guys. Well, I love them, but I don't want a ton of their lasagna. That's fine. Buy a couple, freeze the damn things. Yeah. Lasagna, a month from now, cooked in your oven is fantastic. Yes. Do that. All right, do that for 2021. Buy from your favorite local restaurants, take and bakes, all that good stuff. You can see Sam. Hey, wait, the one last thought. Yes. Sorry, the one last thought to tag on to that, I have to do this. I know you're mad. I'm running out of time. But but if you're going to make a lasagna, make two of them. Freeze one. Right. Just, just you can do this. International you leftovers. can do this. Thank you. <laughs> Unintentional. You Unintentional idiot. leftovers. That's right. Uh, Sam, the cooking guy, can be found right here on the first Tuesday of the month, and we will get the most popular and least viewed videos in February, along with probably some recipes that may or may not get you to the get-down time on February 14th. Because believe it or not... Are you suggesting that I give people recipes that won't get them laid? No, I'm saying make sure you tune in because you are going to be getting recipes that are going to be get-down-time worthy. And that's what we want on this show. That's why we're having you, you on. Said, you, you said that might not get you to that get-down-time. I did not say that. Listen back. You know I'm going to listen back like tomorrow. Yes. Probably tonight now. Well, now uh, you, actually, you're right. I am going to listen tonight, and then I'll let you know yeah, immediately point. when I go back because it's three hours earlier than where that you're. That you're at, right so. because now I'm even questioning myself. You were so sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I'm a, a wordsmith of high high level. So we'll see what who's right it? in like an hour, and then we'll just take it from there. Uh, Sam the Cooking Guy can be found right know. here on the first Tuesday of the month. You can find him on YouTube, producing great food videos three times a week for crying out loud, and we'll see if he gets to 3 million subscribers by August. Sam, always appreciate the time. Thanks, buddy. See you, There he is. Sam, the cooking guy. Right there and sounding great. So, hey, regular guests, if Sam has inspired you, I can give you a link to the exact microphone that he has. It's an XLR microphone. It's also a USB microphone. He's a Mac guy, and it plugs right into his Mac. It also comes with a normal USB cable that you can go into, like a PC. So it's ready to rock and roll, I can tell you that. All right. I'll talk to you quickly about Southside Mark and Barbecue before we close it out with Mike Mills tonight. And remembering him, established in 1882, Southside can be on your menu or in your operating facility. It's been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. 
Premium Central Texas barbecue products, slow smoked over real wood, shipping, distributing, and manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S., from food trucks to multi-chain restaurants. Southside sausage can be on your menu as well. Meats are processed in the on-site USDA inspected facility, shipping nationwide via FedEx and food service distribution like Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Martin Foods. Co-packaging capable for research and development completion. We can follow your recipe or help you develop something brand spanking new. Private label opportunities are also available. Visit southsidemarket.com for more information. 10% off your online orders at southsidemarket.com and use promo code BBQCentral. That's B-B-Q-C-E-N-T-R-A-L. Promo code BBQCentral for 10% off your entire order at southsidemarket.com. We are back to remember the legend. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Hey, head on over to smokingwithsmithfield.com and get involved with the Committee Cooks program. That's happening again here in 2021. And we're looking forward to getting Laura Paul on the show so we can announce the 2021 Smithfield Grant Program winners as well. That is smokingwithsmithfield.com. Everything else can be found at smithfield.com. And they are back on board for 2021 as well. So we thank them. Thanks again to Sam the Cooking Guy for joining me last segment and talking about some food-related items and some things to look forward to in 2021 and what he thought the momentous 2020 event of food was. All right, so I wanted to spend the rest of the show here taking a look back at a man known as the legend, uh, Mike Mills from 17th Street Barbecue. If you're not familiar with him, uh, this should definitely give you a very quick and good background on Mike and kind of how he got started. And what kind of a guy he was, very salt of the earth, very genuine, and again, eager to help and have a barbecue conversation with you. The first clip I'm going to play, by the way, all these sound clips are coming from my interview that I did with him at the National Barbecue and Grilling Association's I Am Barbecue. It was a couple of years ago. Last time it was in Fort Worth, and this was done in the, what's it called, the Stockyards or you know wherever it was there in Fort Worth. So great location. Um as I was pulling these clips, I have to say that I'm really happy looking back at it now a couple of years ago on how good the sound quality was in this. I mean, I had the the gear and the microphones and all that stuff, but to hear it back again after having had some decent amount of time away from it, uh, very happy with how these actually turned out. So uh, since we were at NBBQA, I asked Mike his thought of the benefit of being a member. Yes, you can do that, and there are people out there right now that have been coming for, I'm going to tell you, 10 years, 15 years. They're not barbecuers. They're groupies, I guess, but they're here at every convention. You know, I look for them. You know, I miss them, but they love to be around the people. They barbecue at home themselves, but they're not in the business. You think, well, why would you spend money doing it? 
They just enjoy learning about it. They'll talk about it. But if you want to learn how to barbecue and talk barbecue and find out where to go for this or that, if you're apt to go to their place of business, try to find these things out, they probably won't have time for you. But for whatever reason, they've got time here. And they're willing to share and give it away. Yeah, that's true. And uh, seeing a lot of the big names at that conference... You could just stroll right up to them and, and start a conversation. They were happy to chat with you uh, for the most part. So I agree with Mike on that. Uh, next clip is the early barbecue memories for a very young Mike Mills. From the time that I was in the crib looking out the window, my dad was outside barbecuing. Of course, I could hear the going on outside. My mom would come in and open the blind up, and my crib was right next to the window there. And the first thing you know, I mean, I started screaming. I wanted to go outside and be with my dad, but he barbecued every weekend. If he wasn't barbecuing, he was fishing. He was a uh, salesman on the road, sold cigarettes, but he loved to barbecue. Every weekend, he would barbecue in the backyard. It was a family affair. Everybody in the neighborhood would bring meat over to him. If he's cooking chickens that day, you know, you all better bring chicken. Right, right. right. <laughs> Don't bring a hog. Right. <laughs> of course, my job on that was uh, he built me a wheelbarrow out of an orange crate. My job to bring the wood over to the fire. So there's his earliest memories of barbecue and starting out as the fire wrangler. I think that's what Stephen Reichland calls the guy that's in charge of keeping the fire going at his TV shoots. So Mike Mills, a early fire wrangler for his dad who was barbecuing every weekend. I don't know if you heard that in the beginning part, but his dad was a cigarette salesman. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of mind-blowing. Is that even a thing anymore? Are people selling cigarettes? But his dad was a traveling cigarette salesman uh, as far as uh, how mike grew up and was he from a family of of wealth or uh, was he a poor kid i didn't know we were poor because everybody in town was basically poor except there was one kid and he was a friend of mine he always had better toys he had a bicycle and this family had uh, taught him to share because he was more fortunate than the rest of us i had no clue that we were poor we had food on the table and you know i just thought that when you got toys that they were homemade it's just a way of life i wouldn't trade that time i thought if you had toys they were homemade that's right <laughs> man uh, but that's it like i mean if that's if that's what you're growing up around if that's what you know i mean you don't know i mean kids don't you know really know unless you're in a in a in a place where there is that big of a discrepancy um, between, you know, the kids that got it, and the kids that don't, uh, you know, typically uh, you're in a situation where the majority of folks around you are probably in a similar situation. So you're really not uh, missing out on things that you don't have, I guess. So I uh, asked Mike if he went to college and uh, then he told me about the first business he ever got into. I did. I was a two-year college mm -hmm. at that point in time. I am actually a dental technician by trade. Really? Yes. <laughs> Falsies was my game, and I used to always jokingly say that I had to uh, learn how to cook meat tender enough for them to be able to eat them with a set of dentures. Right. I still have a dental laboratory today. I opened the doors January the 2nd in 1962, and I still have that dental laboratory today. It's two blocks from where my restaurant is, wow. and there, there are two of them there, and I taught them how to do the work. So you're making dentures? Yes. 
That's my that's my Stitchers, crowns, bridges, this type of thing. I don't do that anymore. Wow. I don't know why I still have it, but I enjoyed that. Always wanted to make back up and make sure I had a job to go yeah, to. Yeah. In that respect, I'm old school. Out of the whole visit down there, I would say that hearing Mike Mills and watching him sitting across from the legend and telling me that his main business out of the gate was falsies and that 40 years later, 50 years later, he still had the business that's two blocks from where 17th Street is in Murfreesboro and he still has two people that he trained running that business just in case things go south. I mean, that was probably the most revealing portion of any segment that I did. And I did uh, three live shows, three hours at a clip. That was probably the most revealing portion of any show during that stretch. Uh, Then we talked about opening 17th Street. I opened 17th Street in 1985. I did that, as I said, it's two blocks away from my dental laboratory. Mm -hmm. So I would go down and have a cup of coffee, and the bar had a drive-up window. And it was a barbecue place before, and that was one of the reasons I had a barbecue pit. And that was one of the reasons that I uh, wanted that particular place. So was it just your idea to say, hey, you know, this place is existing. I've always wanted to get into uh, the the business side of the barbecue, and I'm going to buy that? Or were you encouraged to do it? I was in the bar business, and I knew that that place, I was there there to sell beer. Uh, that was my whole intention, but at the same time, I could do barbecue. That was my passion. Mm-hmm. Of course, I was still running a dental laboratory at that point in time. It wasn't until uh, 1995 that I quit. I went into the barbecue, years. <laughs> barbecue business, at, wow. uh, and I switched over to food business. You know, instead of selling, trying to be a trying to be a bar. Uh, and then, of course, that goes into opening 17th Street, and then putting that barbecue competition team together with another legend, uh, Pat Burke, that Malcolm had referenced earlier when we were talking in that first interview segment in the first hour of the show this evening. In 1989, we decided to put a barbecue team together and go out on the circuit and convince these other teams to come to Murfreesboro. Mm-hmm. I went around town and got some of the business people to help promote this thing. And because, to be honest with you, I had no money. You know, I, I was operating on the on the come. You know, string, I, you right? know, yes, you know. <laughs> even though I owned the place, I was chief cook and bottle washer right, at, right. The, at the same time. You know, like I said, we started a barbecue team and went out and ended up winning four world champions and three world grand champions in the uh, four years running. And I knew we couldn't keep this up, so I said, we'll quit. <laughs> on the high <laughs> that's, note, right? That, that's go out on the high note. It took 18 years for somebody to tie my record. Yeah, and I think uh, tying the record, if I'm not mistaken, and I apologize, was Myron Mixon. Might have been Chris Lilly, I guess, now that I think about it. But uh, eventually, Myron and Chris uh, both win more than three. Myron ends up winning four. Chris Lilly has five. Uh, to date at this point, that's the most Memphis and Mays. But as Mike Mills said, 18 years it took for somebody else to get past the three. And that was how the team came together. A unique story also that it was told was, I believe, in barbecue, Mike Mills was the only guy in the business that had Air Force One security clearance. And here's how that came about. Back in the... Um 
90s, 91 or 92, the president was coming to Murfreesboro. He was actually coming to Carbondale, Illinois, to the university, Southern Illinois University. And we had these uh, these guys that came in about two weeks ahead of time come to find out they were part of the advance security. Yeah. And they were checking out everything and all this. Somebody had brought them over to eat to a restaurant. And first thing you know, I, I got a I got a call from a friend and he said, what have you done? I said, what do you mean? He said, I just got a, a call from the FBI that they were asking questions about you. What have you done? <laughs> And this was a, a businessman there in town. Yeah. Okay. Well, then come to find out, then as it all evolved and came around, they were checking me out to make sure that I uh, wasn't crazy. Yeah, doing the whole vetting process. Uh, yes. Yeah. He was going to come over and eat at the restaurant, but they didn't want me to tell everybody that he was coming. Obviously. And, of course, all the all the people that were involved that was on going to be on the plane and this type of thing, they all wanted barbecue. And they wanted ribs. They paid me for that. And then they took that food and they donated all of that. Then I provided the other food got it, got it. that I wanted to, that I wanted to showcase right. and have there. And I, I might add it was it was good. <laughs> yeah, oh, I bet. It, it was really good. <laughs> and then he was coming over to the restaurant after the speech yep. that he yep. gave. On the way over he got a call that he um, had to go back to the White House. That's when they were having some bad trouble with in Bosnia, mm-hmm. and then we ended up taking the food that we had out to the airport and put it on there. So he wow. did not actually make it to the restaurant, but yeah. was headed there. I made him promise to come to my house to eat. Yeah. My house you know, was <laughs> at some point in time. That never never has happened, but something that did happen out of it was his private security. I did his wedding by way of mail. Sent ribs and all of the, everything. Wow. And made arrangements with a restaurant out there about how to warm it up and right, right. fix it. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. World famous 17th Street barbecue and one of the president's security detail hired Mike to cater, barbecue cater his wedding. So that was a pretty interesting story there. Two more clips here before we call it an evening. Uh, get one more read in and then uh, call it a night. Uh, getting into the Barbecue Hall of Fame for Mike Mills. What does that mean to him? You know, pinch me. Uh, is this real? You know, I had no clue. Never, never ever thought about being the Barbecue Hall of Fame. I'm one of these individuals that I always just wanted to, whatever I did, I wanted to do the best that I could do. Whether it happened to be barbecuing, you know, and if it was something I couldn't do, I would either find out how to do it or refuse to do it you know, one or the other. I'm still kind of that way today. I'll either figure out how to do it and do it right. Which is the way you should do it, by the way, right? Well, yes. <laughs> and or just not do it. You know, there'll be somebody that's better at something than I am, and that's who I'm going to recommend, or I'm going to get help from them. I don't care if I was making false teeth, you know. I wanted to do the best that I could do, and I always jokingly say that I had to learn how to make dentures that you could eat ribs with. <laughs> That's a story that I had no idea that you were in the teeth business. So just when I think I, I know everything about everybody and you do all the research, nobody ever mentioned anything nobody, about the dentures. Nobody ever mentions that part, do they? <laughs> no, never. Uh, it's Mike Mills uh, rounding out the first day of broadcast here at the National Barbecue and Grilling Association. We're going to do it again live noon to three on Friday and again on Saturday. Mike, really appreciate it. Thank you very much Thanks for the for opportunity. Through. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, eight clips of the legend that he was known uh, for folks that 
are familiar with the live fire industry, all you had to say was the legend, and you knew you were talking about Mike Mills there, undoubtedly. So, uh, personality and a man that will be missed within the industry. And, of course, we continue to pass our good thoughts to Amy Mills and the whole family out there, 17th Street and the extended family. You can get that replay in its entirety through social media. You can email me, and I can send you a link there. Uh, It's uh, like an hour and 52 minutes into that first day of NBBQA broadcasting. Really great, interesting, uh, probably, you know, good hour of content there that I had with Mike. So great to get him in. He was also on the show one other time when we were talking about moist cooking environments and dry cooking environments. Uh, Mike was part of the moist faction, and Mike Davis was... The uh, dry environment guy from Lotta Bull Barbecue, a multiple grand champion and reserve grand champion over there at the American Royal. So that was kind of a unique segment that I did. That was the first time I ever had Mike Mills on the show was when he was doing the moist versus dry environment. Great stuff. All right. uh, Let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue and grilling related. You want the popular seasonings and rubs, right? Sweet money, cattle prod, cash cow, double secret steak, rub, little Louis season, salt, hallelujah. And the list goes on. Again, 13 perfectly balanced flavors. They also have sauce to choose from. Granny's barbecue sauce, great all by itself. Or you can start to tinker. Want to use it as a base sauce? Fine. Want to leave it alone and have a great sauce all by itself? You can do that as well. They're selling grills and cookers, and you know that. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, the Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker is the one you want to check out. Big Pop is the exclusive Mac dealer, and they're even offering special packages. If you don't like pellet smokers, you can try the old Hickory Ace BP. If you're not sure of what you need, call and ask questions, 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop the website, bigpopsmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A smokers.com. And we're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by Vortic Watch Company, a new sponsor to the show, a small batch custom watch manufacturing and vintage restoration company located in northern Colorado. They take antique American pocket watches and turn them into wrist watches. Their mission? Preserve and enhance the legacy of manufacturing excellence in America. In order to do that, they combine traditional and cutting-edge technology to create unique quality, functional timepieces with exceptional value. Here's the coolest part. Each watch that Vortic makes is unique and one-of-a-kind. Vortic founded on the motto that America wasn't assembled, it was built. You can check them out at VorticWatches.com. That's V-O-R-T-I-C, VorticWatches.com. They're going to be making a watch a day. And here's the deal. If you're not a watch guy, okay, it's not going to interest you. I'm watch guy. We know that. They're going to be making a watch a day 
So if you see what they're doing, if you buy into the concept and the process and how at one stage, uh, and we're going to have RT on, who's uh, one of the co-founders of Vortic next week, and talk about this company. But I think it was like the late 1800s. America was a a juggernaut in watch manufacturing, except it wasn't a wristwatch. These were pocket watches back then. And Vortic has now found the niche to blend the two. They're reclaiming the old vintage pocket watches that all have stories behind them, which makes them incredibly unique. I've told you about the ball watch that I'm going to be making with them and how ball originally started in Cleveland, Ohio, and how that's a tie back for me. So I'll be able to talk about the company, but then I have a personal connection to Ball because I'm from Cleveland as well. So I have another unique story to tell folks as I travel across the country. And, you know, nobody's traveling at the moment. But when I do again, I'll be able to tell that story when somebody asks me about that watch. Plus, I like the look and the uh, eclecticness, is that a word, of these watches. So if you check them out, Go to the website, go through the sold watches pages and see how they look. And if you dig that style, then you have to be on it because when the watches go up, they all sell within the day. And uh, just today I got an email and by the time I clicked on it, I think it was in my inbox for 15 minutes, that watch was gone. So if you like the style, you have to be on it or you can contact them and give them some ideas on what you might be looking for and have them build you one. You can go from there. So I'm very excited to have them on board here uh, once again as being kind of a, a watch guy. I'm no like luxury watch guy, like you know Rolex and all that stuff. But we're spending ten and twenty and thirty and a hundred thousand dollars on watches. I don't know if I ever get to that point. But I don't, you know, I uh, I can see where investing in some of that, uh, you know, holds both time and heirloom quality, and then. Uh, something that you could go to the secondary market on if you needed to cash out and get money back out of it as long as it's you know kind of a certain watch like an automatic stuff like this anyway uh, we'll have rt on next week and talk about vortic and all that great stuff so that's going to do it here for the show this evening first one in the bag is 2021 is rapidly coming to a close we look back and thank malcolm reed for showing up at his usual spot Catching up with him as we missed him last month. And we talked with Darren Wilson from Fire and Water Cooking. Don't forget, if you go to fireandwatercooking.com, you can get his book in paperback and in hardcover on the website. If you get hardcover, he will autograph it for you. And a ton of info on barbecue, a ton of info on sous vide cooking, a ton of info on how you mix them together and get a good end product. He said there were 40 recipes in that book as well. So if it's something you're looking to get into, maybe you've got a sous vide unit for the holiday seasons a couple weeks ago. This is a book you might want to consider utilizing so you're getting maximum benefit from. And not just pigeonholing it into one way or the other. As Darren said, sous vide cooking is not an end-all, be-all. It's an incomplete cooking method that you can match with other stuff to complete the experience. 48-hour brisket, medium-rare brisket, he said... Then we moved to the second hour, saying the cooking guy was in in his usual spot. Upgraded the sound, which I appreciate the door. Once again, if you're a recurring guest and you want his uh, the link to the microphone that he got, I'm happy to give that to you. And I agree with Sam. You will be amazed at how often you then use it because you have it. Sounding great, too, but Closing it out with a look uh, back and a remembrance of the legend. 
Mike Mills from 17th Street Barbecue. Big show planned for you next week. Meathead is in. And we have RT from Vortic Watches, amongst others. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.